0: Hi, I'm
1: Amanda Morin. And I'm Gretchen Veerstra. And as you probably know, we are the hosts of this podcast. You haven't heard from us in a while because we're taking a summer break, getting some rest and relaxation, and then planting the seeds for our next season of In It. But we do understand that being in it doesn't stop just because it's summertime. So don't worry, we are here for you
0: with a bonus episode.
1: It's a compilation of some of our favorite moments from the first two seasons of In It.
0: The overarching theme here has to do with how we handle the judgment of others, or maybe our own internal judgment when raising kids who learn differently.
1: We hope you'll take from these conversations what we did when we went back and listened. It's a reminder that there are so many people out there who are in it. Okay, so let's get started.
0: The first clip we'll hear dwells on a question that parents of kids with ADHD confront way too often. Is ADHD even real? And one of the reasons I loved this episode so much is because it gave me a chance to express some of
1: my own feelings around this question. And Amanda, this is from way back when you had another co-host, Lexi Walters-Wright. And you were also joined in this episode by the therapist and best-selling author, Stephanie Sarkis. Amanda, is this a question that you get? <laughs> yes. And
0: as you know, Lexi, I have both a son and a spouse with ADHD.
1: So when does it usually
0: come up? Like, what are the circumstances? Yeah, so Lexi, it's not always a direct question. And sometimes it's that verbal side-eye from another parent. Like, when they're watching my awesomely delightful and scattered son move super fast on the playground, he bumps into people, he interrupts conversations. And I'll be like, whoa, he is having a really rough day with his ADHD. And the other parent will say something like, does he really have ADHD? He's so focused when he's at our house playing with Legos or whatever. I get the sense that this is maybe a fraught question for you. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it can be. You know, when I get asked if ADHD is real, it feels like I'm being judged. It feels like people are commenting on my parenting. It feels like they're passing judgment on whether I can keep my kid under control. And it sometimes feels like they're... Watching me make excuses for my child when I'm not making excuses, I'm just telling it like it is. Yeah. I want to know, so if someone asked a parent like me, a parent who has a child with ADHD, whether ADHD was real how would you recommend that that parent answer the question?
2: I would say, um, well, let me know why you're asking that. First, I want to know, because that's kind of rude. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Stephanie
0: Sarkis is a psychotherapist who works with children and adolescents. She's one of Understood's experts.
2: So first, I'd want to know, you know, tell me what your concerns are. I mean, maybe it's a grandparent, maybe yes. it's an aunt and uncle. You know, so I mean, that, that makes sense. If it's just some random person, you know, from like PTA or something, that's rude.
0: In working with parents, have you found effective ways to help a parent understand that this is not just laziness or
2: distraction or you know a trouble kid? Well, I meet parents where they're at. What I mean by that is I ask them, you know, tell me what you know about ADHD and uh, where are some places that you've got the information from? What questions do you have? Now, sometimes it's just that um, just by accident, people have gone on to websites that don't have a lot of valid information. Sometimes uh, a a family member took medication for ADHD, and they may have had side effects. And so what I talk to parents about is, um, let me look at what you've learned about it, and let me tell you what I know about it, and let's put our heads together and come up with a solution that best helps your child. Uh, And also, I would explain that there's a difference between can't and won't. It's not that your child doesn't want to do their chores, is that they can't remember multi-step tasks. And there's a big difference between can't and won't. And we really need to focus on the fact that EDG brain can't do some things rather than looking at it as a won't, which is a willful behavior.
1: Oh my goodness. I love Stephanie's first answer to the dilemma of how to respond when someone asks, is ADHD real? She's so right. It's a rude question. Right? So So rude. rude. So rude. Okay. So next, we're turning to another conversation that also touches on making decisions about what's best for your kid while navigating the expectations and, let's admit it, judgment of the people around you.
0: For this episode, Understood expert Bob Cunningham and I got to speak with Dr. Tumani Coker, a pediatrician and researcher in Seattle, whose research looks at how socioeconomic inequity impacts healthcare for kids. This was an episode about ADHD in Black children, but what made it extra special for me and Bob is that Tumani brought to the conversation not only her expertise, but also her experiences as a parent of twin boys with ADHD. Let's listen. Can you tell us the story of how you got to that diagnosis?
3: Yeah. So I kind of thought early and at least one of them, the one that has a more severe, inattentive um, ADHD. And in kindergarten and first grade, you know, it was workable with the teachers and kind of just distinctively kind of managed his behavior in the classroom. Um, and he was really more inattentive. His twin brother was more on the hyperactive side. But I recall really distinctively in, I believe it was second grade, I was doing like a morning drop-off. And one of the the son who has a more severe kind of inattentive ADHD, the teacher stopped me and she said, I know you're a pediatrician, so I'm sure you know this already, but your son is probably the most inattentive child I've seen in my 20 years of teaching. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it just, it hit me so hard because we had just been trying to, you know, just get through. But when she pointed that out to me, it just, you know, it hit me like a sack of rocks. And so at that point, I talked to my husband. I said, we really have to do something. Um, I think he was kind of more, I was more shocked, although I knew it. He was more offended, I think, that she would say that. And I think this is a little bit of, if I go back to, at least in my family, as an African American family, culturally, what ADHD, you know, that term signifies, Mm. Um, you know, it has a negative connotation people see it as a label that the educational system puts on black boys to hold them back. And so I knew that to get the diagnosis, it would be better to go to a psychiatrist for him. I think he needed to see a specialist to really bring him on board.
0: Did you share the diagnosis with friends and family? And how did they respond?
4: So
3: I have. And it's interesting. The one that is inattentive no one was surprised um, because it is obvious. Like he, you know, he's kind of always in the clouds and also just has this, you know, you'll tell him something in the next second. He doesn't even know what you just told him to do. So yes, I think as he got older people go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The other one who is more hyperactive, you know, his inability to focus is a little bit more internally than externally. So you can't look at him and tell that he's not able to focus. And so, I stopped telling people that he had ADHD because, you know, if if I'm really honest with myself, I think it's hard for people to understand that both kids could have ADHD and they could be so different. Um, so it's almost like I felt like if I said, "Oh yeah, both the twins have ADHD," they'd almost doubt me. You know, mm-hmm. I guess I had a fear that they would think, "Oh, you're just overdiagnosing them." Right. How could both possibly have ADHD? And plus I see him and he's doing fine and this kind of thing. Um, and so in a way it became kind of like a way to protect myself from external criticism or my perceived.
0: I feel that. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs>
3: yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I so get not wanting to deal with other people's feelings about how you're parenting your kids or whether or not they have ADHD Gretchen, the conversations we've heard so far have a lot to do with that, with navigating other people's perceptions and reactions. And this last one goes a little bit deeper into our own feelings as parents when we discover that our kids don't think or
1: learn like us. This is a really powerful conversation you had with Kevin and Lindsay, who talk about the moment they realized that school wasn't going to come as easily to their kids, Sam and Maggie, as it had for them.
0: Earlier in the episode, we learned that Maggie has a language based learning disability, which impacts her working memory. Sam's disabilities relate more to physical motor skills. Here, Lindsay and Kevin talked to us about how they've come to understand and even appreciate these differences that at first seemed so foreign to them. What was it to you when it looked like school wasn't going to be as easy for her as it had been for
4: you? Oh, it was definitely disappointing. I mean I mean, because you know we had a certain you, you when you have kids, you have a certain vision of how things are going to go yeah. and it's always rosy and optimistic right but but parenthood is a series of steps where you realize that your kids are like everyone else so they're not perfect uh, and we'd had steps like this before, both both Maggie and Sam uh, have vision problems, so they had to get glasses when they were were really young, and that was our first moment of oh wait, our kids aren't perfect you know and and it seems like that's just a stupid thing now, but at the time just Maggie getting glasses was heartbreaking for us. Now it's the tiniest. We don't even think about it, you know. Uh, the news in kindergarten was, a, was an even bigger uh, a blow to that idea uh, that, that this wasn't uh, the path that uh, you know, we'd imagined for our kids, first Maggie and then, and then Sam later on. And yet, you know, that's the path they're on. Uh, and you can get upset that, that, that it's not the, the perfect way it's going to be, or you can realize this is who your kid is, and you've got to meet them where they are.
0: It sounds like they've redefined your expectations of what parenting would be. Does that sound accurate?
5: A hundred percent. I think in, in two ways, you know, we live in a university town that sends tons of kids to Ivy League colleges. And, you know, the conversations at the school board meeting and around town are just about how stressed our kids are. And um, there's a great author um, that calls it the checklisted childhood. Like, we're doing everything we can to sort of build our kids' resume so they get into the perfect college and get the perfect job. So I would say one of the most beautiful ways um, and one of the most freeing things that having the kids we have did was it sort of threw all of that out the window. I, like, I feel very free that our kids do not have to compete with other kids, and, and that is not saying we're lowering our expectations at all for kids. It's saying, what we're going to do is really figure out the kids we have and what's going to make them thrive. And so it doesn't matter if so-and-so is going to this college and -and so-and-so is going on to do this. In some ways it was, like, so um, relieving to not even have to be a part of that conversation or to feel influenced by it because I think we learned very on Like, we have to know the kids we have and the way that they're going to be the most successful is really figuring out what's right for them.
1: Figuring out what's right for them. I think that should be our mantra, Amanda. Not what's right for all the folks on the sidelines, right? Totally. And remember, there's lots more to listen to. You can find all of our past
0: episodes by subscribing to In It wherever you get your podcasts. Or go to our website, understood.org slash podcast slash in hyphen it.
1: If you're a fan of In It, and if you think other parents, teachers, kids, whoever could get something out of In It, why not rate and review us? It's really the best way to get the word out about our show. Thanks for listening to In It, part of the Understood Podcast Network. We'll be back in August with new episodes of the show. Meantime, we have a favor to ask. We want to know what topics you'd like us to cover next season. Is there something you'd want to learn more about? Or is there something that you think would be of interest to other folks who are in it? send us an email at init@understood.org at understood.org with your suggestions.
0: In It is produced by Julie Subrin. Brianna Berry is our production director. Justin D. Wright mixes the show. Mike Eriko wrote our theme music. For the Understood Podcast Network, Laura Key is our editorial director. Scott Kosher is our creative director. And Seth Melnick is our executive producer.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks for always being in it with us.